Soil Podcast. Imagination is the electric soil of creation. All right, welcome back to Electric Soil Podcast. Today I'm excited to have this guest on here. His name is Dustin Gruss. He's the greatness facilitator, life coach, personal trainer, public speaker, and podcaster. He's the founder and CEO of StepUpToGreatness.com, as well as his podcast is Coming Unstuck, a Step Up to Greatness podcast. And you can find that anywhere you find podcasts. So uh, very uh, grateful to have my guest today, Dustin. How are you doing today, Dustin? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I, yeah, I know you're a busy man, so I really appreciate you taking the time here. Uh, so that's great. I, uh, yeah, I'm excited to kind of see what we can unpack here. So awesome. And uh, yeah, let's get, I guess let's get into kind of like your elevator statement. Like I noticed on your website there, it's, um, you have a really good way of kind of explaining what your, uh, you know, what your profession is, what the greatness facilitator means. So uh, would you be able to just sort of explain to uh, the listeners kind of what that means exactly? There's sort of a blend of, of a couple different things, but you had a really good way of uh, wording it. So if I would like sure, to start abs- there. Absolutely. Well, first of all, um, greatness is defined as exceptionally high quality. And I think we are all created with some sort of greatness within us or a life of greatness waiting for us. Something where we are able, each of us, to contribute to the world in some way. Um, And then a facilitator is someone who provides unobtrusive guidance and assistance. And really, that's what coaching is all about. So pretty much I turn greatness facilitator is, you know, my coin term. So I'm just not any life coach. But really what it is, is you think about it in like football terms, like your, you know, American or Canadian football league football terms where you have a coach and they're giving you like they're helping the players assess what the best play is going to be. But when it comes down to actual execution, it's up to the players to execute the play. Mm. So they're working together to formulate a plan on how they can win the game, how they can establish greatness. They can win the championship or, or maybe. So my goal as greatness facilitators help everyone uncover that life of greatness Uh, But do it in a way where I'm not telling you what to do. I'm helping empower you, find the tools to see that you can do it on your own. You already have the greatness within you. I'm actually just there along the way um, assessing the defense or the offense, whatever you want to play. You know, defense wins games in some people's eyes. So whatever it may be, that's that's what my goal is as a greatness facilitator. And I came into it um, through different ways that when I first got into becoming a personal trainer uh, seven years ago, I realized that there's a lot of parallels with getting physically healthy and fit and, and turning that into your relationships, your career, your finances, that you got to have a lot of the same disciplines to make that those other areas of your life. Great. So that's where I kind of envision it all being together. And then the the podcast and the public speaking, those are just other outlets for me to be able to reach more people um, at, at once. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I was, I was uh, going through some of your podcast episodes and definitely I want to kind of bring it up later on in the, uh, in the uh, interview here. Just, uh, I love the way that you sort of just, uh, for example, your episodic, uh, the nature of your podcast, you'll have just a specific sort of thing that you'll unpack a specific uh, subject matter. So I'm definitely going to, uh, yeah, get, get into a few of the specific episodes that I liked and I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, but I guess, yeah, we'll kind of start from the beginning. You kind of let us know how we got into, uh, how you got into this whole thing, but uh, let's kind of roll it back even a little bit further. So you're, uh, sure. you're from Cleveland. Is that sort of born and raised in Cleveland and, uh, and youngest, of absolutely th- youngest of three boys. And, uh, so what, I guess what is like, we're going to talk about mindsets here. How much does like environment, like where you've been raised and that sort of thing, how does, how much does that play into it? And, and what are your, I guess your thoughts on like Cleveland and, you know, just the, just kind of unpack that your, your, uh, your, you know, your, uh, your, I guess your youth and kind of uh, getting to where you sure. are now. Sure. I, I was very fortunate to have a excellent upbringing, um, in a small town, like suburb of Cleveland called Berea. Um, it's a very like friendly, homey um, city, and I just loved growing up here. Uh, but Cleveland itself has always had kind of a underdog mentality because we've been not the most successful when it comes to sports championships stuff like that. You know, we've we have a lot of other great things going for us, um, top 
hospitals in the world. The the food uh, scene here is ridiculous. I mean, there's so much good here. A lot of musicians coming out of Cleveland. Uh, but when it comes to other areas, we've just kind of always been the underdog. Now, for me, being the youngest of three boys, um, we each, you know, we had very nurturing parents and were always encouraging us and, and telling us that, you know, we have greatness within us and to treat other people as though they have greatness within them as well. Like we were always raised and taught that way. And, and pretty much if you know my family, like once you know my family, you are part of this family. You're, you're, that's how welcoming uh, my parents are. And, and a lot of that comes from their parents before them. So it's, it was a great upbringing to have. Um, but even with the great upbringing, like, you know, everyone, you know, any famous coach you see on online, on, on the internet or on TV, um, any athlete, any actor, anyone famous, anyone, any Joe Schmo on the street, we all have our issues that we go through and our roadblocks that we stumble over and everything. And, and being the youngest of three, like I, I looked up to my brothers, my, my oldest brother graduated college in three and a half years and his last year of college was paid for by a company that he was going to go work for after he graduated. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, thanks for sending the bar so high brother. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> no it. kidding. Right. Uh, yeah. And then, then my middle brother was always just, uh, blessed with athletic ability and artistic ability. Um, he now owns his own t-shirt company here in Cleveland. Um, he's doing real well with that. He's been in business, uh, I think come about nine years now, oh, nice. uh, doing real well with that. And, Thank goodness he made it through the uh, the pandemic, thanks to a lot of other businesses helping him out with, uh, you know, doing some custom orders for their shirts. But right on. Um, so I I always looked up to them and and um and then I had my own, you know, I I was I've always been my my nickname early on in life was the gentle giant because I was the biggest of the three boys and, oh, okay. and stuff. But but I've always been just take the lessons that my parents gave us tart and I've always just been friendly concerned with how other people are feeling and how they're doing um, and always caring about other people but sometimes that caring about other people I, I would often put other people before me and times where that probably wasn't the healthiest for me to do either so that's kind of where some of that came from for me and and but I realized you know we all need help and, and, and I'm no different from anyone else. I, I need have needed coaching and, and stuff to see that I need to set myself as priority at times as well. That's the thing. eh? like, I think when you get into like when people know of you and you're sort of this destination mm -hmm. personality where you are in the spot that you're, you know, a coach and helping people that way, you know, it almost kind of gets taken for granted. The fact that, you know, you're, you're like a human being, you know, like any other human, you do have, you have self doubt and, and different things that you have to work through as well. Right. Regardless of the fact that you are helping people work through that. Sometimes it's, uh, it's easier to, uh, to coach people than coach yourself. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had that conversation with people a bunch of times. It's easier to, to give your advice than to take it yourself. Of course. Uh, Which is, it, it, it truly is. And, and, you know, thank goodness I have a wonderful wife that is able to remind me that uh, often and and helps um, reel me in when when my uh, self-esteem and, and ego goes places where it shouldn't be. And, and, and she does it in such a loving way. And, and, and I'm so thankful for her and our relationship and and uh, just continuing to grow together. And it's just fortunate to have her. That's great. Well, you just mentioned sort of the little pre preamble that we had there. You guys just had a uh, an anniversary, so congratulations to you guys there. I think is it fifth or sixth anniversary at this point for you guys? It was fifth. Thank you very much. Five, five years. Oh man, they blew by too. We, right? we it feels like our wedding was just last year, and here it is, five <laughs> years later. Right on. Well, good thing you're not trying to do any kind of wedding plans uh, right now. I guess things are starting to open up a little bit, which is nice for the folks that have been kind of putting everything on hold. But uh, but yeah, no, that's great. I guess uh, now is a good time actually just to mention, uh, I guess you mentioned your wife. Yeah, I got a couple of foster kids at home as well. You mentioned uh, ages one and two. So a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of extra work for you guys there too. What can you tell me about uh, about that kind of relationship that you guys have with your foster children? Sure, absolutely. Um, we... Uh, 
going back, my wife and I found out about seven months into our marriage that we couldn't have children of our own. Mm. Um, so that was one of the things that we went through together and, um, we went through some grief counseling and everything. And then anyone ever questions counseling and stuff, I, I highly recommend there's nothing wrong with seeing a counselor, um, talking to someone. And, and most people, most companies you work for have what's called an employee assistance program where you can actually talk to a counselor for free. Like you'll get a set number of sessions. Um, and you know, your, your business won't know your, your the company you work for won't know what the actual conversation is about stuff. That's, that's all confidential, but I definitely recommend people take advantage of that. Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, so we found out early on. And so then we went through a year of, of grieving and denial and, and, more grieving and more denial. And then we um, decided about a year and a half into, into that kind of pattern that um, we were going to get a dog, which I uh, was fortunate to have because the first my wife didn't want a dog. So we got a dog and that dog certainly opened our hearts back up um, in ways that we just thought were shut, shut off forever. And then uh, a few months after that, we decided, you know what, we, we bought the home we're in with the purpose of having kids and there's kids that need help. Our, our church is very involved in uh, the foster community where we're at. And uh, we, so we've seen things firsthand and we're like, you know, we, we have home, we have room, we have room in our hearts. So we open up our home. Um, so we took these pre-service classes that it took about six months to complete. And the day we got our license, we got a call for um, a sibling set, a, a, a girl and a boy. No way. Um, wow. Yeah. And, I mean, they literally called us within 40 minutes of telling us that we got our license. And then, like, here you go. Man. And, and at first we were signed up just to take one. But, <laughs> you know, we we said when we were, like, kind of – crying tears of joy that here we are we were told that we, we can be parents in a different way and stuff yeah, yeah. we we were we said all right well whatever god needs out of us and they told us all right well can you do two and like okay so we had the first sibling set for about seven weeks um and it was it was different like and because up to that point like when you're when your wife is pregnant and stuff like i gotta imagine like you're you know she's reading the what to do when you're expecting and, and all that stuff like right. you're kind of you're taking the classes and preparing that like these pre-service training classes for fostering aren't anything like that at all mm, so okay. when it went so like they're at and and then when they're doing home study they're asking more about you like you learn some things in the classes like about how to handle trauma like if a kid is acting out and doing these things but like the actual being a parent stuff, like you don't really learn in these classes. Huh. So all of a sudden we have these two kids dropped off at her, at our house and stuff. And like, they're asleep when they come in and all of a sudden the, the little girl woke up and I just instinctively like took her out of the chair, uh, the car seat that brought her into and it was just holding her and, and we bonded like immediately. And so they oh, wow. were with us for seven weeks. Um, and then they went to another family member. We haven't really, heard from them since we've we've seen their caseworker and she's let us know that they're doing good but we haven't seen or heard anything since but about a month later uh, we took about a month off you know again to kind of heal and grieve a little bit and then um we got a call the day before we're supposed to go back on what's called the bed list um that's where like you're on the wait list for if, if a kid is ready to come in the foster system and needs needs a place to be safely so it's the day before we're supposed to go on the bed list and we got a call and you know i was out running some errands and my wife was at home and and we're like seriously like are we gonna say no today and yes to a call tomorrow so right, we're like yeah. okay yeah yeah so Man. a couple hours later they brought in uh the oldest of the two boys that we have now um he was three months at the time and He's been with us since, and he's about to turn two in a couple of weeks. And wow. then, then last summer, right around this time, um, we got his half brother um, the day after he was born. No way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we we 
my wife and I, my wife is the oldest of three kids. I'm the youngest of three. And we both know how much, how big uh, having siblings was for us growing up. For sure. And so we said we wanted to keep these these guys together. So we've had them. And so here they're about to turn one and two. And it's just, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done being a foster parent. But it's also just so rewarding just being a, a dad to these boys and, and seeing my wife be a mom and just knowing that they are our number one priority and keeping them safe, keeping them happy, keeping them healthy. And then just the unconditional love we get back from them is just amazing. So we hear it, man, just oh, first off, thanks for sharing. That's like, what a fantastic story. And you know, I like kudos to you and, and your wife for, for taking that on. It sounds like to me, like just listening to the story, sounds like a lot of just, um, kind of like the timing and a lot of it's sort of meant to be right. Like the, you're just saying, even like the, the day after, um, his, uh, the, the first uh, boy's birthday, you're bringing the other one home and that kind of stuff, just the way that everything sort of lines up almost gives you that feeling that it is kind of meant to be. I don't know if you guys kind of believe in that sort of thing, but just, oh, absolutely you do. Yeah. So no, just, oh man, really thanks for, uh, for sharing that. So that's great. Um, and yeah, like I hear that a lot about like parenting. I, I and I want to get to your dog. Actually, I kind of skipped over the shout out to the dog and it sounds like he <laughs> plays a pretty key, uh, you know, a key uh, component in the story as well. And I got a, my uh, fiance and I have a couple of dogs as well. We're not going to uh, go the kid route. We, that's sort of what we decided. So that's kind of our, our kids. So I don't want to uh, oversee the dog here, but, uh, or overlook the dog, but, um, but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm just, thanks for sharing this, the story, I guess. Yeah. Let's, wh- who, who's the dog and, uh, like, who's the, the little rascal that kind of opened your guys' hearts <laughs> there again. I want to give him a proper shout to him or her, I should say. Her, her, her okay. name is Eva. Okay. Um, her name is Eva and she is um, a hound boxer mix. I, yes. I think the the hound is like, um, I would say maybe like a Catalua hound. Okay. Of. She's yeah. She just beautiful dog. She's got these blue eyes. Um, just gorgeous dog. And we got her from um, some some of my wife and my friends. It was from uh, someone that my wife used to work with and. Uh, we we had been tiptoeing around the idea of of getting a dog or getting a cat and stuff, and um, we even the the like week before my wife had gone to uh, animal rescue in the area and looked at these puppies and just said no, we're we're not in a position to get puppies. And then her friend's mom was saying like, well, maybe cats, maybe cat is more your thing. And then we were told about this dog, and originally her name was Diva. Um, is what they called her because they said she was always looking for attention and um, <laughs> yeah. but she was one of several dogs and a couple horses and cats so she was no one way. of many animals so they were they just needed to make some room in their house and and I think she was one of the more recent ones so they were trying to rehome her and um, so we said all right well we'll, we'll give it a try so they they brought her over on I want to say like on a Saturday and they said, all right, if the visit goes well, then she'll stay overnight. If the, the overnight stay goes well, then you guys keep her for the week. If the week goes well, then we'll from there. So it was funny because the dog bonded with my wife like right away. She was sitting like right by my wife, like right at her legs as she was sitting in a chair and just kind of looking up at her. And um, it's just real sweet. I'm like, all right, cool. This is this is looking good for me, looking good. Yeah, yeah. And and then when the the owners left previous owners left um suddenly like my wife was trying to distance herself from the dog and mm. so i was paying all attention i'm like oh man she's really trying to do this she's trying to distance herself and and it was it was kind of funny to me like because i knew like she kind of was already feeling something sure so the overnight went well and a couple days later um you know she was still staying with us and my wife who like two weeks prior to uh in the middle of the night was like clinging to me because of a, a very loud thunderstorm mm. um she was like very scared two weeks later here we are at home knowing that this dog is afraid of thunderstorms and my wife had said this dog is not going to get any of her furniture not going to get any fr-. she pulls the dog up onto the bed with us <laughs> and it's just yeah. cuddling this dog and just yeah. holding the dog tight and, and just saying it's okay it's yeah. and so i'm like all right I, she's hooked all right yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we we kept her and 
And uh, my wife just has said time and time and time again, like, I can't believe how much I love this dog. And and it's just been she's just a revelation to us. And and you mentioned like she's kind of a key component. And, and that's something we talked about on our anniversary and stuff is like defining moments over the past five years for us. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and we both said getting the dog was one of the defining moments for us because she changed so much of our trajectory in life. Well, that's by getting her. So, man, dog. Like anybody that owns a dog or has a dog, it's part of their family. Knows like how, like just how big they are. You know, in in the mm-hmm. story, right? So that's uh, that's really cool. And it's so it's so typical. Eh? It's like you know the 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 uh, the one partner that is like oh, I don't know about these dogs is usually the one that you know within a couple of weeks is yeah exact doing exactly that. All of a sudden, it's like yeah. the dog's in the bed with you, and <laughs> so pretty funny story like that. Um, oh yeah, she, she they they go to bed together first, like before <laughs> I come to bed. Like I I, yeah. I put the kids down to bed yeah. while she and the dog go lay down. So sometimes I'm like having to move one of them, like so I have a <laughs> little, like you know, my little little corner of the twelve bed there, inches. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, great, great stories. I, I want to get into, uh, you have a big background, like in retail, specifically in management and all that. So mm-hmm. I, I myself as well, like I have about the same kind of like 20 years in, in retail as well. And so people that don't uh, necessarily understand it, it, it brings a lot of, um, you know, when you, when you're kind of in it at times, you, you know, you're, you're talking to all walks of life, uh, you know, anybody can kind of come and talk to you your days. Yes. They're regimented. You got some structure to them, but other than that, I mean, there's so many X factors depending on who comes in and that sort of thing what uh what can you tell us about like your retail background and sort of what you've learned from that you know large body of work two decades doing it and what were you able to sort of uh use and apply to your uh your current uh you know the greatness facilitator and and your coaching and all that kind of stuff sure i mean honestly like when it comes to retail your goal is to give the customer the best service you know and and best service possible get them the product they want or better um, and just make sure that they're walking out of there with a good, good experience that they're going to tell other people about. And that's how I tried to approach it. Um, and it, it's a lot of, you know, reading people. I mean, and, and that's one of the things that has definitely translated to what I do now, but, but just finding what makes people tick. Like sometimes, yeah, you know, going in stores, like, you don't want to feel bombarded by people like that. They're just like constantly watching you and asking you, pestering you and stuff. For sure. Yeah. But if you can find ways to have fun with it and, and get to get them to open up or laugh or do something um, out of the ordinary, like then you can have fun with it and you can educate people on things. Like I remember um, I worked at a hat store called lids and we would have, um, competitions about how much of our accessories we could sell by accessories. I mean, to most people hat is already an accessory to your clothing, but <laughs> accessories talking about like the water and stain repellent. Um, oh, okay. Gotcha. And yeah. yeah. So like to make sure, cause you know, some of these hats, the, the new era 5950 brand, those were even back then were running like 27 to 35 bucks for a hat. Right. So you would try and sell them. So, you know, I would do different things. I would have some display set up, like showing how it works, um, which, you know, would, would be fun. But I started making it competitions where, like, you know, I would ask them, all right, out of the um, four major sports, that being basketball, baseball, hockey, and American football, like, can you name four of the eight teams in, across those four leagues that – their team name doesn't end with the letter S. Oh man! And nice. can, can, can you do can you do that in two minutes? I'm like, if you can do that, <laughs> yeah, I will. I will give you the water and scenery account. Yes. So, and yeah, yeah. So they would be, you know, sitting there, and and a lot of what they don't realize is that like some of the leagues, NFL, there's no team in the NFL that doesn't have the letter where the team name doesn't but they're racking their their brain going through the whole league and stuff like trying to picture it (laughs) right so so that's kind of like a little like cheat for me like okay i'm making them think about all of them but (laughs) um but by doing things like that like one you're challenging them and who doesn't like a good challenge right but because you're studying you're creating this interest they're then now 
open to hearing about the water and senior pump because they're offering it to them for free. Okay, they didn't win, but why should I have wanted this for free in the first place? Mm. So then it opens up to show it. Sure. Show it to them. Yeah, yeah. Kind of get them on the backside of it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's smart. That's smart. Yeah, just so so things like that creating competition within the within the store. But really when it comes down to it, it's all about human relation and just um, talking to people and asking them how they're doing. Um, you know, if they're if they're looking for themselves or someone else, what you know, really just interacting with them and, and just trying to find out by asking questions and, and the big one is asking open ended questions, not the yes no. If if you ask people yes no questions, that's all you're ever gonna get is yes and no. Completely. So just yeah. learning to ask them questions. And that's what coaching and greatness facilitating is all about, is asking questions to make them think and open up. For sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, you kind of alluded to it uh, early on in the interview is like basically what you're doing is helping them sort of identify or increase their own awareness of themselves you're, and you're guiding them to that. Because the best way to, I think to get some good results out of folks is not you physically or verbally telling them or showing them. It's, it is up to them because I, I think a lot of uh, you know, people learn from experiencing themselves or that's where you have those aha moments isn't necessarily from people telling you how to do it but it is people kind of okay well helping you like unravel it and go and then you come to it yourself and that's something that you're gonna you know hold on to a little bit harder i think eh absolutely absolutely that's great i really like your idea because like yeah it's kind of funny you mention it like when people think of retail yeah there's definitely that fine line to walk where there's kind of the because most people kind of think when you go into a store there's going to be that almost kind of character that is going to come up and be like kind of on you right away and obviously nobody reacts well to that kind of thing so you gotta yeah kind of be able to schmooze a little bit or create some kind of uh you know something that's a little more welcoming so it's yeah you got some good good tips there i like that absolutely that's great and and you know again just re reading them too because sure you know yeah you don't you don't they might be standoffish and push off and then and it's okay if sometimes you say like all right well if you need anything i'm right here you know and and you could you know try again a minute later depending on what they're looking at um if they're trying something on and or you know if you want to have fun with them you know being a, a cleveland guy and stuff if i saw someone picking up a rival team and stuff i'm like <laughs> oh i'm i'm sorry we're closing right now and, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah 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 i like that yeah, Cleveland to me is always like I don't. I haven't been down to the state. Like I'm from Canada. I haven't been down to the states uh, very much before. But I've always sort of viewed Cleveland kind of like yeah, like you say. I like how you view it as sort of like an underdog, you know, city uh, community. Um, it's kind of got that like blue collar feel a little bit, right? To me, that's just how I Absolutely. how I view it. It's like and there's always some good folks in there, right? There's some great stories and just uh, you know everybody who doesn't like the underdog. I mean, come on. Absolutely, that's Absolutely. good. Um, yeah, I just want to get into, I, I'm kind of interested in, like, I really like the idea of the greatness facilitator. You're basically, you're covering, uh, you know, two sides of the coin, essentially. You got, um, you got the life coach aspect that you're blending with personal trainer. A lot of times, uh, you know, you got people that, uh, for example, even doctors, they know the pharmaceutical side of things. They know what kind of pill to give you, but they don't know too much about like the nutritional side of things, right? So you get all these people that get into these uh, professions and they only really focus or maybe have even only been trained or taught on one side of it where you kind of identified, you know what? There is like the mental side of things goes so much hand in hand. In fact, one of the, you know, the best reasons to do physical training is the, you know, for me personally, I can speak to it. I, I get just wonderful, positive self-talk when I'm out for a jog because I'm just like, mm -hmm. you know, if I can do this, if I can run a couple kilometers, you know, the rest of the day is, uh, is gold. Right. So, uh, I guess what it's obviously dependent on what, what your client's needs are, but you know, how do you, uh, how do you sort of navigate that? Like what percentage, you know, generally speaking, would you go on the life coach versus personal trainer? Or is it just kind of, um, you go with like intuition or kind of like, again, reading people, like what they need for that specific day? Sure. So, um, a, a, more of my background comes from the personal training side of things. I've been working, uh, in gyms as well, um, up until this past January, um, the gym I was in closed due to the pandemic. Mm. Um, so now it's more just kind of online things that I'll, I'll help people out with. But um, the way I kind of approach it is, you know, I'll gauge them, I'll give them a, a questionnaire and then also kind of go over what I could call a, um, a wheel of influence. 
and it's it's more like a, a pie chart broken down into several areas like you have your your health your spirituality your finances your relationships your career um and your relationships did i say relationships twice yeah but i mean it's double double down on it. it's important all right yeah, no, it's, well yeah, yeah. no I, there's yeah. there's one more and it's, yeah. it's escaping me at the minute yeah. but so it's it's this wheel so it's cut in a pie chart six equal parts mm. and we go over each section um and you rate it on a scale of one to ten like okay um say you yourself um mm. on a scale of one to ten ten being greatest you couldn't dream of anything being better about any of your relationships mm. um and one being terrible like your relationships need improvement where would you rank your relationships on a scale of one to ten like i'm very happy with it but of course i'm I, i'm of the mind that there can always be you know improvements and such so about, i give myself an eight i would think an eight yeah okay. yeah okay um let's jump over to health because you're talking about kilometers um yeah where would you rank your, your you're talking about jogging kilometers is what I'm saying. yeah jogging um, where, yeah where would you rank your health at uh you know what same thing like um i guess i always compare to how i used to be like i used to be uh pretty reckless with my behavior shall we say uh throughout my entire 20s so kind of uh took my uh like <laughs> so if i'm putting it in that context it would definitely be an eight but again, okay. uh, you know, I'm turning 40 this summer. I feel like I'm pretty, pretty much the best shape I've ever been in. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, yeah, work out daily and do stretches daily and so forth. So, but again, I, I would be very reluctant to ever give myself a 10 on anything because you can always, you know, uh, aspire to do better, right? Sure. So let me, let me put it this way. Is sure. there anything in your life that is, you would say is not an eight that was lower than an eight or not? Um, okay. So I'm kind of in a unique spot for, uh, with my career right now. So I'm actually just on a leave of absence uh, from my career and just kind of, um, doing some other stuff that I am, uh, you know, have, I'd always sort of, uh, just sort of compartmentalized little spots for, uh, and, and just trying to expand upon those and, and doing stuff that, I've, you know, got more or less been putting off. And, uh, so I'm very much enjoying that, but I'm somewhat conflicted because I know the, the time is kind of clicking for me to go back to my career and I don't really know how I'm going to feel going back in after having this sort mm -hmm. of epic time in my life to kind of do all these different things. So I would be hesitant to give that an eight just because there's a degree of unknown sort of on the horizon, if gotcha. that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, again, if you're looking at the wheel, um, and the center of the wheel being, uh, the one. And the outer part of the 10, I would, as we're going through the different categories, I would have you shade in, um, that wheel. Mm, so, okay. You would have a couple eights, you would have, yeah, that six and a half. No, you might have like someone else might have, um, something a little bit lower, like a, a five or a four in another area. Totally. So, so I've called it a pie chart and then you've heard, heard me calling it the wheel as well. Mm -hmm. So it, now if you think about a wheel, if you have several of spaces being an eight, but then you get to a spot being a four or five or something lower than an eight, that's going to be a bumpy ride if we're thinking about as a bicycle wheel. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Right? Yeah, yeah. So so now we have, okay, we see an area that we need to work on. And the other strategy, the approach I take with it as well is, okay, you said that's an eight and, and I get your idea of, you know, there's always room for improvement, but what would a perfect 10 look like for you when it comes to, you know, your relationships or your health or what, what would a perfect 10 look like to you? So, you know, you're running, you're in the best shape of your life. Maybe you don't quite have that six pack that you're looking for, or maybe you still, you know, you, you have some drinks with friends on the weekends, but you know, you're, you're, you just turned 40. Maybe you don't really want to have a drink. So you need a, back so we look at the different things that what would make it a perfect 10 and that's where i dare my clients to dream like anything mm. is possible with that number 10 right so now, now you get to the point where okay we have our area that needs work okay so you're looking at your career um is that that six and a half six and a half right now versus um the eight to have another is okay and then you describe to me what your perfect 10 is it might be you know what? I'm really enjoying this this stuff I've gotten to do during my time off right now. Maybe I want to incorporate that into my into my career a little bit more. Maybe I want to make it 
make it my career. Mm -hmm. So the next step would be, okay, we see where your 10 is. We see where you're at now. What is one thing you can do this next week or this next month that would move that six and a half closer to a 10? Mm. And it doesn't have to, and you don't have to jump to the eight. You know, it could be the six and a half to 6.6 or 6.7. Right. What's one thing you could do? Because it's not about making large leaps. And that's something that you see with personal training and stuff a lot of times is people will come to us often in March, you know, February, March, wanting to get their summer body before they head on spring break in April. Yeah, right. It's like, okay, well, uh, how long has it been since you worked out or how long you've been eating bad and stuff like, oh, it's been a while. You're not going to suddenly rebound from the 25 pounds you gained to losing that 25 pounds in two weeks as you're getting ready to go on vacation. Right, right. You got to do it, you know, a pound at a time, a little step at a time. So that's that's what you're often looking at is breaking down and help you realize it's not about sudden huge jumps. You got to put in work and it's the smaller things that are going to add up to the big changes in your life. Plus, by doing it small steps at a time, it's going to be more manageable versus you suddenly telling your your employer, you know, I'm not coming back to work. I'm just going to do this and expect that whatever job you want to do, whether it be the podcasting, that you suddenly think you're going to have a million followers tomorrow. Right, right. It's, it's it could happen. It's rare cases that you know someone goes viral, but it's it's small steps, as I'm sure you know, to build up a podcast audience. So, absolutely, yeah. I know a couple of things. Uh, you know, I'm just thinking of as you're listening to you, give, kind of give that description. It's. Uh, I think a lot of people, yeah, definitely there's a state of overwhelm where you, where you want to, uh, you know, do some kind of life transformation. And, and I think that's, um, that's why, you know, a lot of this kind of procrastination or, uh, actually one of the uh, subjects I wanted to bring up and I guess this is as good as time as any is, um, you have a, a podcast episode, I think on, uh, the subject matter is basically, I don't know the exact title, but it was, uh, the, you know, the cost of the pursuit of perfection. So perfection almost becoming, uh, like a state of, um, procrastination as well where you, you you know it's one thing to kind of dream and you know like you say you're talking about going to a 10 but um to kind of almost paralyze yourself to the point that like you know i'm looking for the perfect time to start this or i'm looking for the perfect opportunity to come around in order to then pursue this right whereas you're saying if you yeah if you just get out of that mindset you switch it to that one little thing that kind of starts you and 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 before you know it it's it's you know like investing or anything is compound interest with all these different small little steps it's the accumulation over time and before you know it uh you know you have done that transformation but it all is based on those like micro uh, changes in habits. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm always Absolutely. fascinated by that. I'm glad you, you brought that up. Um, but yeah, what can you tell? Like, I, I like that idea What the, um, kind of talking about the perfection perfectionism. I think a lot of people kind of, um, misconstrue that idea as, you know, some people will say, I, I, I just have really high standards, so I will not accept anything below perfection and all that. What is your kind of take on that sort of mindset or like, how do you sort of coach people that have that, you know, I guess per- purporting to having this like a, you know, a perfection mindset, like how do you kind of navigate that? Um, well, to steal a, a quote from a, a good friend of mine that took over a gym that he used to work at, um, his quote is, but did you die? Mm. And the reason I bring that up is, okay, so things didn't go perfectly as planned, but did you die? <laughs> Like, did the world end? Did, you know, did all hell break loose? Like, no, nothing is, you know, there's the old saying too, like, you know, tell, tell God your plans and, and he'll laugh. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, yes, it's, it's good to plan for things and have goals and aspirations and, and want to do as best that you can at anything, but it's in our failures where we can learn to grow the most. It's, it's seeing where we missed out on something that we might not have seen before because we did fail because we did come up short stuff. And, and that's where we're really going to grow. Cause if people refuse to do things because they know they're not going to do it perfectly, 
then you're saying no to basically everything mm. because you're mm. not going to be perfect at everything. So it's learning to take those small chances and those opportunities. And, and sometimes you just got to tip your toe in the water and, you know, and take small chances, start out small and realize you didn't die. Things didn't <laughs> go wrong. Like it's, yeah. it's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and see where you can grow from those opportunities. And, and and really looking at failure as an opportunity um, to to better yourself because that's that is truly how we learn is is through failures by trying something yourself. You know, you can learn, you could read and learn from history books and learn from stories your parents and friends and everything tells you. But the way you're really going to learn and ingrain things in your own mind and and your muscle memory and and your own memory is by doing it yourself. Absolutely. I think a lot of people get afraid of, uh, of, you know, the failure aspect because they think it's some kind of reflection on, you know, them personally, when in fact, it's if you, you know, if you're acquiring a certain skill set, or if you're doing something for the first time, unless you're a complete, you know, God given natural, like to your point, you're, you're, it's, it's no reflection on you personally. It's just the fact that you have, like, you're talking about muscle memory, that type of thing. You're not going to have access to that in your brain until you probably let's face it fail and like <laughs> some of the most important right. lessons that you learn in life is generally from failures so yeah no a super good topic there for sure i like that um getting into a couple I mean, other other topics of your uh, your podcast here too i like this one too intruder alert so you're talking about um this is a big one i think for a lot of people especially coming out of uh, the you know that last year and a half was pretty challenging for a lot of people uh, just, you know, getting, uh, getting those negative, that negative self-talk. I mean, you were kind of talking a little bit about like your ego, you know, potentially kind of going sideways on you a little bit and doing the, you know, the kind of the darker side of what the ego can bring. What do you, what can, what's your kind of your, uh, I guess your advice or, uh, your sort of take on, um, you know, managing the, the, uh, you know, those days where, you know, you're not, uh, you're not feeling like you're, um, you know, as positive as you normally would be. And, and you're getting a little bit of that negative self-talk creeping up. What, how can you kind of combat that? And, you know, let's be realistic, I guess, you know, it's going to be part of everybody's personality. It will come up no matter how positive you are, but like, yeah, what can you kind of talk about that uh, subject? Oh, absolutely. Um, one, I, I definitely love the power of affirmations. Some, you know, something that you can have um, nearby, um, you know, like po- you have it posted like in your bedroom, like when you're getting dressed in the morning or in the bathroom, like just positive affirmations that you can read um, and, and really writing them yourself. Like you can mm. download affirmations pretty much anywhere, but come up with some of your own that, that you believe in yourself, like challenge yourself to think of the good things about yourself that you truly believe are true and focus on those things um, are going to be a, a good way to do it because, you know, you, you can get, again, you could get affirmations anywhere, but you, again, it has to be your memory, your belief that actually believes about yourself. So by coming up with it yourself, also turning to, um, we all have good friends that we could turn to when we're feeling down about ourselves. Um, there's, you know, always a fun game to play with your friends too, is, you know, lifting each other up just like the the compliment game where you you take turns telling each other compliments something you like about each other um one of my favorite speakers um called it a lemon squeeze where he would get eric thomas et the hip-hop preacher would get together with um some of his groups of people who work with that working on projects and they would have what they call lemon squeeze where they would give each other a some constructive criticism this is something that you could do better you need to improve here yeah but then they would follow it up with the sugar the sweetness they would compliment each other or something that they do well to make lemonade ah, so they, called okay. it, they called it a lemon squeeze and That's so cool. i, I always cool. love that yeah no kidding and then another one he had um that i utilize myself and everything i have it uh right here in my office um where i'm sitting now as i'm doing this podcast is nice uh, called a, a rainy day box. Okay. Um, and what you do is you put in there photos of like some of your favorite trips or things that you've done. Um, it could be ticket stubs. So like concerts you've been to, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, it could be, you know, CDs, uh, or, you know, albums or whatever of, um, your favorite songs that always lift you up. I'm, I'm a big music person. Like I, especially lyrics, mm. um, that, 
you know, the, the, the music, the rhythm, the lyrics, they all like can get me out either out of any funk or, or even if it's something a little bit harder where I got to scream something out, like <laughs> shout it out while I'm driving around. Like I do that, yeah, like, you know, you yeah. just let, let it out in your system. But, um, those things I, I think are truly great things to have. Um, the, just the rainy day box, um, your own affirmations, you could store those on your phone. You could have, you know, uh, with so much being digital these days, you could have a rainy day folder on your smartphone and then have the MP3s on your phone or some pictures stored in there, or your affirmations in a, in a word document on there and stuff. So you can kind of incorporate all those. It's a great idea. I've never actually heard that. Uh, seems like it's something so simple, but like it's uh, you're just having sort of everything that, uh, you know, appeals to all the senses, so to speak, just sort of, uh, uh, you know, one click away, essentially. I really like that idea of the rainy day box. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. And then one thing that that's usually going to be the biggest, too, is doing something nice for someone else. Right. Uh, if you're having a hard day, if you can make someone else feel good and be appreciative of you, then because of they showing their appreciation for you, you're going to feel feel appreciated and appreciate that about yourself. So doing something nice for someone else is always going to be like one of the top ways to get you out of any any kind of funk. Now, you don't have to go over the top and deliver like dozens of roses to people all <laughs> over town stuff like just yeah yeah you know just ask someone how they're feeling and then and, and talk to them about something going on in their life or reach out to someone tell them something that you appreciate about them and out of the blue for no reason at all. And, um, that should, you know, definitely spark some of that positivity. Like that. Yeah. Just kind of getting yourself out of your own head. Cause a lot of the times, um, I don't know how it's for you, but you know, when you get, when you kind of get a little bit into that negative funk or whatnot, it's just, you're so, you almost want your, every instinct in your body is to kind of ride it out solo, like just kind of be by yourself. Cause you're in one, you know, I'm for me, I'm in one of my moods or whatever. So I, I generally, my instincts are telling me, you know what, just, uh, just stay at home today because you know, this or that. But in fact, it's uh, it's kind of like, it seems counterintuitive, but to your point, it's like, it's almost better to go put yourself out there. And before you know it, you're, you know, it, it almost kind of snaps you out of it a bit when you start, uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, looking to external, uh, circumstances to kind of, okay, you know what it is, I'm not alone here or, you know, whatever you may find. Right. So it's, yeah, good, Absolutely. good advice, good advice. What do you find? Okay. So I'm kind of at that stage. I mean, I kind of sort of alluded to with the leave absence, all that, you know, 40 years old and such. Uh, I think there's a lot of people and just a lot of people in my age group that are kind of going through it as well. I just, when you're talking about finding purpose and passion, when you kind of, you know what I mean? You're kind of, uh, you got a decent amount of your life that you're kind of looking back at, but of course you got a lot of life ahead of you, but you're kind of getting to the stage where you're like, you know what? I don't know necessarily if it's exactly what I thought life would be at this point, but at the same token, like you, you don't really know when you're growing up, you just kind of have almost like a feeling. We're talking a little bit about in this podcast, a little bit about being more specific with, with certain goals, because if you're mm-hmm. not specific, you're not going to be able to reach them. But when you're talking with some of your, uh, you know, your clients or just friends or whoever, and you're talking about purpose and passion and there's somebody that's kind of like, well, you know, they're still kind of in that almost like infant stage where like they have a feeling, but they can't articulate it or they don't know what direction to go. What is, uh, what are some of this, I guess, sort of tips or, um, you know, advice you can give them at that stage? Sure. Um, so when I had interviewed on my podcast before Alan Stein Jr., he actually, uh, had a great definition for purpose and that's where your passion and your skill set intersect. Hmm. Um, and finding where those two meet something that you're passionate about and something that you're good at, um, where those two meet is if you find that area, then you're going to feel, find that fulfillment. Um, and really it's going to be about exploration with yourself and, and finding, um, the things that bring you joy. It, it, It might not be, you might not find your purpose or your passion right away, um, if you haven't done a lot in life, but by taking a closer look at the things that you've done, um, or have experienced a little bit and trying to expand on those, um, you're going to move yourself closer to finding that purpose and passion. I mean, you know, there's people that are, that love drinking wine and Mm -hmm. stuff and, they think, well, 
be cool to open my own, you know, wine store or vineyard or something like that. Well, they might not, they might go through some of the steps to, to get there and then realize they don't want to have the hassle of owning a business like that, like owning a wine store and, mm. and going through everything that it takes like, um, knowing their inventory and ha- paying the bills that come with owning a space to have it. But they might find themselves in, realize that one of the things I like about wine is getting to enjoy that with friends over a nice meal. So they can turn it into a business where maybe they are um, hosting parties like or, or helping people host parties where they're doing the wine tastings with different meals and make it into this big other company that they're doing. Um, just something in the same area, in the same focus, but um, a little bit different because you, you know, a lot of times we might go into something with a plan A um, and then that doesn't work. So we have plan B, then we have plan C. Then, <laughs> And as we're trying these things, very rarely are you going to end up on plan A, B, C, D. Like you're probably going to end up more like plan S, T, R, you know, like, you know. Totally. I, yeah. Yeah. So you're going to end up somewhere else. And I just realized I said the uh, alphabet a little bit backwards, R's before S and T, but you know. <laughs> Glad you caught yourself there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Well, I guess a little dyslexic moment there. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. No, that's a good stuff as well. This one is really interesting to me, and I'm kind of just, uh, I guess, absorbing this whole idea. It was a fairly new concept for me, and I, I just found it fascinating. It was one of the subjects in one of your podcasts as well. Just uh, neutral neutrality as a mentality. Uh, so, um, I guess just to explain a little bit about that. I'm kind, I'm kind of just figuring that out now, like kind of essentially what that sort of means and trying to apply that just I, my interpretation of it anyways and correct me if I'm wrong is just sort of um just a, a little bit of detachment not the bad like apathetic detachment but just a detachment from some of your expectations almost to, to piggyback on what you're just talking about where you don't have plan a to plan b you're not going to be just okay no matter what even if I'm not enjoying it I'm going to plow through you because plan b is like that's where I want to end up being a little bit more yeah. flexible with it so by being sort of neutral kind of a balanced one once either end of the spectrum you're not too emotional you're not too you know uh i guess whatever the uh, the opposite of that too uh analytical i guess would be the opposite you're kind of right in the middle you're kind of a best of both worlds and you're a little bit more detached from your expectations of the world and that sort of thing is that kind of what you're going with that sort of concept or what can you kind of unpack about that yeah so it's um you know Eckhart Tolle said the primary cause of unhappiness is never the situation, but your thoughts about it. Mm. So be aware of the thoughts you're thinking, separate them from the situation, which is always neutral. It is as it is. Right. So basically what he's saying there is, you know, it is what it is. It's that's how it's going to be. Like you can't control the things that are actually happening in your life. Like the things that happen to you, um, I mean, you have some control uh, over certain things, but like there's so much that goes on in your life that you don't have control over, but you do have control of how you react. Mm. So if you are always reacting um, in one extreme or the other, like if you're going to be extremely happy about everything or extremely upset about everything, like you need to kind of reel yourself in and realize like, okay, what is getting upset in this moment doing for me right now? Like, and I'll admit I'm someone that has had a a temper um, over this past year. I mean, a lot Mm. to do with having our, um, so much going on with the case with the foster kids and everything and, and work and all that. Like, and of course, you know, the pandemic has ramped up everyone's emotions and, and ways. So, so absolutely. But if, but if you're, letting yourself get to an extreme when you react about something, it's going to be, you're, you're going to do something probably that you wish you had. You're, you're, you can um, hurt yourself. You can hurt someone else. You can say something that you won't be able to take back. Like, yes, people can forgive you for what you say, but they're always going to remember how you made them feel. And that's just kind of part of it. So trying to reel in, I'm, I'm not saying to not enjoy the highs and, and, and the great things that come and come to your life, but 
to try to temper your emotions in, in a way. No, that's that's great. I love it. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle. I kind of yeah. That's a that's a great quote. It's like it's kind of like the Shakespeare thing. There's no good or bad. It's 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 your interpretation of it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, man. That's that's great stuff. That's great stuff. Uh, you kind of alluded to a little bit of what how the pandemic affected you. Uh, you know, to a degree, obviously, uh, with varying degrees for varying folks. Uh, how did it? Uh, how, I guess with the with the technology and all that, or were you able to kind of keep up with some like more like the Zoom calls or? Uh, that sort of thing as far as your line of work with the, you know, the greatness facilitator with your coaching and such, like how was, uh, how did the pandemic uh, kind of affect you this past year and a half? Well, it definitely slowed things down at the start because um, we, a lot of people really weren't sure um, aside from a stimulus package here and there in, in the U S like how much assistance we were really going to get. Sure. And, sure. Um, how much that was going to affect the work. So you, and, and then on top of it, like all the um, events that were canceled, they would normally have, um, you know, business and service days where I've, I've done some public speaking and things like a lot of those things were, were canceled because people's budgets were kind of scrapped and thrown out because they weren't sure how much money they're going to need to survive. And, and people um, kind of, slowing down their their spending on what they see as um extracurricular like hiring a coach and stuff even though it could very much be something that improves their life and their finances and stuff in the long run um when you hire a trainer or something for, for a lot of people it's not a need it's more of a it's more of a want right so it, it definitely slowed things down at, at at the beginning of it all um and then it's kind of been a, a slow build back up um, as we've been moving here in 2021 and, and starting to see a lot of that coming back. Um, it, it did give me opportunity, uh, though, because the, the gym I was at, at the time um, had closed um, as the governor here in Ohio had shut down all the gyms and everything mm. um, last year. Um, so it gave me an opportunity to try some new things. So I, I created my first online course last year, um, which saw a lot of success, uh, successful stories for the people that took it. Um, nice. it was goals to greatness is what it was, is what I called it. And, um, is my kind of my own adaptation of smart goals. Like I, I kind of took smart goals to another step mm. and read and relettered all the, or recreated the acronym. Oh, nice. Um, and then, in the time since, since I created the first program, I've, I've been working on a second one and, and actually thinking about creating, uh, well, been working on, um, devotion slash like journal to work on, um, mm. when it comes to coming unstuck. Nice. So, so it's, so it's given me opportunities to, uh, to kind of play around with other areas and, and then, um, as anyone else has, I mean, to find, um, other sources of income coming in um, during it as, as people are getting kind of back on their feet. You know, I've, I've had to look in other areas as well. And, but, you know, the important thing is being positive and the, in the face of all this adversity and knowing that, you know, as I've had to look to other areas, I also see opportunity in these areas. And, and so I'm working with a, a different company now, and I see this opportunity to help this company not only grow, but focus more on their um, employee, their their working force, uh, and their well-being and, and checking in and so that they can grow um, better and have uh, more positive morale as well. So. That's great. Congrats on opportunities. That's great. Yeah. So kind of, you know, taking the, the, uh, the, <laughs> basically taking what you had uh, come your way and, and, and uh, reshaping it and reorganizing it in such a way that it can still work for you. So that's a really cool. Congrats on the courses and all that's a great idea. Thank you. So uh, yeah, Dustin, uh, thanks so much for being on the show. I got a couple of quick questions for you, but I just want to uh, go over um, basically where to find you here. So step up to greatness.com as well as coming unstuck, a step up to greatness podcast. Uh, where can they find those courses? Where can, is there another link that you can, uh, that you want to, or any uh, like uh, social media links anywhere else you want to be found there? Or? Um, well, you could just find me on at uh, 
Step Up to Greatness on Facebook as well as Instagram. Um, I don't really do Twitter a whole lot. Um, so, although if you go to stepuptogreatness.com, you can, my uh, social bar is on there as well as you can find all of my um, links on there. So just go to stepuptogreatness.com. Um, I also have a channel on YouTube where I've been putting out some videos. Awesome. I've been ha- having to uh, create, uh, do a lot more creation recently in, on, on those, but um, I was doing for a while a series I called Life Lessons uh, that was put on Mondays, and now with the foster kids, as I've been reading to my reading to my boys, um, I have created another series that I put out like um, every few Fridays. I, I call it Friday Fables and Short Stories. Nice. Um, and pretty much with this, I saw that the, the a lot of these stories that we read our kids have um some great morals to the story and great lessons to be learned that i think we can still apply as adults into our life so i basically kind of cover the story kind of give a synopsis of the story and then share with you um what the moral of the story is and then do some reflection questions to kind of ask yourself so uh so that's on my web uh my youtube page but again you can link to all that stuff just by going to stepuptograce.com um, my course, the uh, Goals to Greatness course, I have had it on Teachable. I'm actually about to move it over just to my regular w- website as well. Um, so that should be up within the next week or so. Um, and then uh, just continue to work on my other courses and everything. So just approach the, the hub for everything is stepuptogreatness.com. Beautiful, beautiful. No, that's fantastic. And thanks again for hopping on here today. Uh, just a couple of quick, uh, I guess, some more rapid fire questions here at the end here. Sure. Uh, we, I, I do actually do another show. I'm kind of interested. I perked up when you said that you're a, you're a big uh, music lover, music fan. I have another show I do called 10 Albums, which is uh, basically the 10 most influential Ooh. albums to you personally. So, uh, you know, just kind of the, the ones that really remind you. So if it, say, for example, if you like a band, it doesn't have to be the you you know their best album quote unquote it's the one that was maybe the gateway to get into the band for you personally so there should be those i I really enjoy those stories behind it kind of gives you like a little bit of a you know a roadmap of the person's personality and how they kind of grew and and you know what was important to them at the time and what may still be so i've always uh, it's it's kind of a good like psychological breakdown of the person in a sense and there's always great stories with music and albums right so love to have you on that show at some point down the road when we can catch you absolutely that'd be great so what is uh what's in your current play List. like if we were you know if you were to fire up uh, your bluetooth speaker or whatever what uh, what are some of the stuff that you're listening to right now sure um well one of the most influential albums uh of the past and you know i still definitely dabble into it is um vulnerable by the used okay um, it, nice. it's it a uh, big used fan i've seen them probably at least 15 times no way um, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen, seen them all over the place. So big fan of them. Um, and so the, I actually even have a tattoo on my back of, no of an ad, adaptation of one of their album covers. So that's cool. Um, yeah. And then, um, but currently I've been big into Foo Fighters lately. Nice. Um, always the same uh, bet. The, the Pretender is such, such a great song oh, and, and sure. really interesting part there is like, it was actually, although I'd heard the song before, it was that that song being covered by an all-girl band called Cherry Bomb. Oh, okay. Um, it got got me back into like listening to the Foo Fighters version, and then recently, <laughs> um, I've just been on Foo Fighters kick, uh, especially with them nice. having just made the the Rock Hall this yes. year, just being inducted like last week. So cool. And and then um, and then another big one over the last few years has been uh, a rapper by the name NF. Uh, he is, he's very much like, uh, he sounds a lot like Eminem. Um, okay. but he doesn't, he doesn't do any cursing in his songs. Um, but it's, it's got that, it, it's a good mix of stuff of like really the introspection, like looking in and dealing with when you're feeling that stress and anxiety and, and even those low moments, then it, then hits you with like the. The powerful songs like relating to other people and then you have your moments where like it just gets you pumped up like all right there's no one stopping me right now like it's 
so he's he's been a big influencer um of mine um so nf is definitely a big one right now uh so nf foo fighters and the used i'd say like are the three big ones um i'd say right now beauty well we'll definitely have you on i'll reach out to you in uh, the coming weeks or or however it may be for that 10 albums love to have you on for that and uh so dustin gruss thanks for joining us on electric soil podcast the last question here do you feel that there's a shift in the world for better or for worse do you feel uh just with uh, uh you know your kind of messages and all that are you finding that uh that a lot more people are getting a little more open to these types of ideas or are you kind of you know are you sort of you know feeling like uh, you're having to sort of really persist with them what's your sort of uh, gauge of how just the world in general is uh, i'm fascinated by uh, people you know especially coaches and that kind of thing how they're feeling about it, especially coming out of such a uh, unique time that we're in uh, what's what's your take sure. on just the world and as a generalization right now as a generalization i would say um it's not shifting as much as i would like it to or like to believe it is Mm. Um, but I think it's shifting more on the positive. I think people are paying more attention to, um, mental health and physical health and taking care of their bodies and, and how much that all plays together. Um, and, and really caring about other people. I mean, you've had so many different, um, social movements the last, uh, over the last year, year and a half, mm-hmm. um, looking to, um, voice injustices that are going on um, with different inequalities and how people are treated with hate. So, so that, so I, I guess it's a, it's a catch 22 because sure. you're, you're hearing, you, you got so many people that are trying to bring to light all this stuff going on and, and to create change. However, the hard part is because they're bringing it to light, you're seeing a lot more of it. And so it, feels a lot more negative at times um it gets you frustrated so um i think to for everyone to do their part is to just get involved and 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 be the light um to help bring more of a shift like and 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 help people and lift others up and you know and and we can make the shift even greater if we all pitch in and and do the things that we need to, to make the world a better place. Cause you know, whether our foster kids stay with us or not, I want to believe that I'm giving them a strong foundation now for a better life. And I want to, and just by them being here in our home, but I want to make sure that they have a equally strong opportunity outside of our home. Beautiful. Yeah, let's leave it there. That's a great, uh, great spot to leave it. So Dustin Gruss, the greatness facilitator, and that's at stepuptogreatness.com. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dustin, and uh, let's keep in touch for sure. Absolutely. Thank you very much. This was awesome. I really appreciate it and it was a great conversation. Awesome, man. Yeah, same. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.